0: This morning and for the next few weeks, Jesus moves beyond what is going to happen and he tells us what to do while we are waiting for it to happen. So that's what we're going to learn. And that's important. As important it is to know what's going to happen, it's even more important, I think, to know what to do in the meantime until it happens. And that's what Jesus teaches now. Before we look at it, let's go to him in prayer this morning. Jesus, we are so thankful for the cross. Lord, we cannot sing it enough, say it enough, preach it enough, tell it enough of the depth of our sin, the depth of your love, the awesomeness and tremendous victory you won at the cross. Father, we thank you. Our sins are forgiven. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. And I pray often, Lord, that we would live our life out of love for you, Lord, for the love you had for us. And that we would live our lives daily remembering the sacrifice at the cross. Jesus, we know at your first coming, you died for sin and conquered death and won the victory. Lord, we know you are coming again. And this time when you come, it will be as a conquering warrior to bring your final judgment, to begin your kingdom, for which humanity has been longing for and waiting for since Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. So as we wait for that day, Lord, I pray that you would teach us what to do in the meantime. And may we learn this morning, Lord, and may we do it as we come to your word. And As I pray in your name, Jesus, amen. Have you ever been caught by surprise? Maybe a surprise birthday party. I've had one of those in my life. My 18th birthday party was a surprise party. That's kind of neat, isn't it? And it it was a surprise I was caught off guard and enjoyed it immensely. So maybe you've been surprised as your friends or family have organized a party for you... ...and you didn't know it and they surprised you. That's a pleasant surprise, but it catches you unaware, unexpected. Maybe there are other types of surprises that aren't so pleasant. Have you ever been driving, gotten distracted, and then all of a sudden... You run into the back of someone. I hope that hasn't happened to you. But why does that happen? There's a a distraction. And and when the the, the hit comes, it comes unexpectedly. It comes as a shock. It comes as a surprise. And it comes, It's not a pleasant surprise, because what comes after, insurance and repairs and everything else. And maybe even worse, you get a surprise. Maybe you fall down some stairs, okay? So there's a trip. There's a fall. It all comes unexpectedly. You were just walking down the stairs as normal, not expecting to fall, not expecting to have tragedy at the bottom of the stairs. But things like that happen in life. Where there's the unexpected, where there's a surprise, where there's a shock. Sometimes they're pleasant Like parties, sometimes they're not. Like a fall down the stairs or hitting a car in front of you. Jesus tells us this morning that for too many people, His second coming is going to be a surprise. It's going to be a shock. It's going to come and they're not going to be ready. It's going to be like a surprise party or a surprise fall or a surprise car impact. Unexpected, not ready, out of the blue, complete surprise. And Jesus tells us that for us who are listening to him, it should not be. It should not come as a surprise. It shouldn't be unexpected. It shouldn't be a shock because we should be ready for it. And that's what he teaches us to do while we wait. Why does God tell us the future and tell us the sign? Why does he do that? We have already talked a little bit about that. I think he tells us that to show us that he's in control of the future. So we don't have to worry when we see the world falling apart around us. We don't have to worry that this may be the end of us or the end of the church or Satan's going to win in the end. We don't have to worry about that. Because God has told us how it's all going to happen. And he's the victor. Because of that, it gives us comfort when times are difficult. Because when times are difficult in our personal life or our corporate life or even nationally or internationally... ...we don't have to be concerned again that this is spinning out of control and chaos is going to ensue. No, we can be comforted to know that God's in control and He has a plan. But He also tells us so we're not caught by surprise. That's why He tells us the signs. That's why He's teaching us about the future... So it doesn't come as a surprise. And here in Matthew 24, the first thing he tells us to do is to know and to watch. So Matthew 24 verse 32 says this. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way... When you see all these things, recognize that He is near, at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away... ...until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What Jesus says here makes complete sense. and That's not hard to understand. In Israel, when it's springtime... The fig trees start to sprout leaves. We know that too. It happens here. In the spring, the trees start to have buds, then they have leaves, and there's the flowers. And so when we see that, we know spring is here, and what's coming next? Summer. Right now, the opposite's kind of happening. Right now, the leaves are starting to change, and the air is getting cooler, and the days are getting shorter. So we know by those signs what's coming next. Winter. So it's simple. Jesus is making a simple uh, illustration, a simple analogy. When you look at the seasons and you see the signs, you know what's coming next. So are we surprised when it starts to snow and when the temperature gets cold and winter is here in December and January or February? Are we shocked by that? No, we knew it was coming because we just... Went through fall. And as the seasons continue, we're never shocked, we're never surprised when the next season comes. Now, sometimes it comes a little early or it stays a little long. And that maybe gets us a little bit surprised. But I don't have to belabor this point. You understand it. Jesus is making a simple statement. You look at the signs. When spring is here, you know summer is coming. So that's what he's saying. When you see the signs, know what's coming. So he says, know the signs. How would you know that summer was coming if you didn't know what spring was like? And how could you know that winter was coming if you didn't know what fall was like? So that's why Jesus in the earlier verses told us everything that was going to happen. So it is important for Christians to study prophecy and to know what Jesus teaches and what the Bible says. As we've said many times over the last week, some Christians shy away from it because it's difficult or it causes debate or... It's uh, They don't want to think about the future. No, God not only encourages, he commands us to know these things. He's given it to us. He tells us to know it so that we're not caught unaware. So he says, know the signs. Now, many of you, if you've gone to the doctor or maybe just as you have lived life and you've seen a commercial on television, I mean, just think of this example. We are told to know the signs of when someone has a stroke. Right? And they even have acronyms. It's amazing to me how there's acronyms for everything. and I, They confuse me more than they help me, and by the way. That's I try not to use too many of them in my life. I get confused just trying to remember the acronym. If I could just remember the stuff and try to forget the acronym, I'd usually do better. But anyway, here's an example. FAST is an acronym to help you understand the signs of a stroke. So it's important for us to know these things. And when we see the signs of a stroke, we're able to help someone. We're able to get them to the hospital quicker. We're able to call the ambulance quicker. If you don't know the signs and something happens, you're caught by surprise. You're not ready. You don't know what to do. So isn't that why our doctors, isn't that why the public service announcements, isn't that why these posters are plastered everywhere? Isn't this why this acronym was created? So that you would know the signs of a stroke. Knowing them, you would be ready if someone you are near has one. You know what's happening, you know what to do, and you get them help. And we pray they don't have long term effects from it, right? So that all makes sense. So this, Jesus is saying the same things. When you know the signs, you're not caught off guard, you know what to do when they come. He also said to watch for those signs. Now, I do want to say this too about what Jesus said. Because he talked about how this generation isn't going to uh, pass away until all these things happen. So that's always confused people. I'm sure when Jesus first said those words, people thought he was talking about the disciples. That's what naturally you would think when he said that. If you were there when Jesus spoke these words to the disciples, they probably thought, well, we and our contemporaries, our generation, you know, we're not going to pass away until all this happens. And it's true that the disciples, you know, when Jesus said, well, the angels excuse me said that Jesus was coming back, I think they thought that afternoon, you know, he he went into the sky and they thought that afternoon he was coming back. They weren't expecting it to be generations and thousands of years later. So when they heard these words, their expectation was Jesus was coming back soon, as in this week, you know, as in tomorrow. And also, even the early church, when they realized that people in that generation were dying, they got concerned. That's why they asked Paul about it. They were concerned because people in that generation were dying, and Jesus hadn't come back yet. And that's when he gave them some teaching about the resurrection, about the rapture, about these things of the future to comfort them, to tell them, hey, just because believers in Christ are dying and Jesus hasn't come back yet doesn't mean that they've missed something or that you're going to miss something. But naturally, as we read it now, we understand that Jesus wasn't saying that. So what was he saying? I think it's uh, simple if you think about it this way. He's talking about signs. And what he's saying is that when these signs happen, that generation who sees the signs aren't going to pass away until it all happens. So in other words, from the beginning of those signs till when Jesus comes back is all going to happen in a relatively short time. It's not going to happen over a span of decades or of centuries or a millennia. When it starts, the Lord's going to bring an end to it. Within one generation. And that makes complete sense. Now that we look back at it. That's what Jesus was saying. And he said this is going to happen. He said "Everything's going to pass away. Eventually. Even heaven and earth. As we know it's going to be gone. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So everything is temporary. Except for God. And his word and his promises. Those don't dissolve. Those don't fade away. Those always come true. So he gives us that confidence that what he is saying is going to come true. Then he tells us to be alert and to be ready. So let's look at some of these verses. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son except the Father alone. So this is interesting because Jesus has been saying, look for the signs. Know them. Watch for them. So you almost feel like you get the sense, all right, let's look carefully. Let's start making some dates. Let's figure it out. And then Jesus tells us kind of the opposite. He says, don't set a date because you don't know when it's going to happen. You're not going to know the day. You're not going to know the hour. Jesus, while he was on this earth here, didn't even know himself. That confuses people, too. How come Jesus didn't know something? Isn't he God? Yes. But also, when Jesus came to this earth, we're told that he emptied himself. You, you know, he never did anything, a miracle or any teaching or anything, but unless it was the Father's will. In some way that we don't understand completely, he didn't... Uh, I mean, He's what obviously didn't know everything, unless it was revealed to him by the Father. That was while he was on here on earth. Now that he's in heaven, does he know the date? As God, I would think he would know the date. But again, I don't want to get too complicated or too confused, myself or you, this morning. The important point is this. Jesus said, don't set a date. So when I hear authors trying to sell books, setting dates, I always just ignore them. Because they are immediately telling me that they don't know what Jesus has said. Okay, So if they don't know what the Bible says, I don't need to listen to anything else they have to say. And that does frustrate me because we do have people. And sometimes, sometimes they are as bold as to set a date. They will give you a specific day. And I think most of us as Christians realize, hey, that's just, we know this verse at least. We know that thats I think Jesus, in fact, when someone sets a date, that's the date he's not coming. Because if someone is trying to say they know something, he's going to prove to them they don't. But sometimes I see other Christians led astray by other authors and teachers that don't necessarily set a date, but in my opinion, they're saying, no, something's coming. Something's happening. And, And I can see it in the Bible, and I can see it in the newspaper and in the news that something's happening. And honestly, I usually ignore that too, because usually what they say after all of the signs they give you and all the information they give you is they tell you this. Are you ready? Something is going to happen at some time. Isn't that amazing? Okay? Something's going to happen, and it's going to happen sometime. So they won't give you a date, and they won't tell you exactly what's happening. But hey, all the signs are pointing to it. Something's going to happen at some time. So again, to me, that's useless. Yes, of course. Something is going to happen at some time. I mean, that's true. You can't argue with it, but it's not very helpful. So Jesus says, don't set the date. So I think Jesus gives us a balance. He wants us to be aware, he wants us to watch, he wants us to know the signs... ...but he doesn't want us to try to set a date because that's not what the point of telling us the signs is. The point, again, is to tell us God's in control, to give us comfort and so we're not caught off guard. He doesn't give us the signs so that we can set a date. What he does want us to do in the meantime is to be alert and to be ready... So he tells us about Noah as the days of Noah were so the coming of the Son of Man will be. For in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way the coming of the Son of Man will be. So What's Jesus talking about here? Let's think about Noah and not the chimpanzees, these, these, these and the barky-barky. Isn't it true that God told Noah, hey, build an ark because I'm going to flood the earth. And Noah was obedient and he did that, but he didn't do it overnight. It took him years. And as he was building it, he was preaching. Certainly people asked him, what are you doing, Noah? He told them. When he had breaks, he was preaching, telling. He was warning. He was telling those that, would, that he could speak to. He was telling them, the Lord is going to bring a flood. That's why I'm building this ark. It's time to repent. It's time to be ready. But they didn't listen. They ignored what Noah said. They went on with their life. So in one sense, they were kind of distracted by everything they normally did. That's what Jesus talked about. They ate, they drank, they married, they gave their children away in marriage. They went about their days and their weeks and their years as though nothing ever was going to happen that was out of the ordinary or different. And then when the flood came, they were surprised. They were shocked. They were caught off guard. They weren't prepared. But how foolish. Noah had been telling them this was going to happen. They could see the ark being built. Do you need a bigger sign than that? Uh, they, it was all there. But they were distracted. And they ignored. And they wouldn't listen. And they wouldn't repent. And that's what Jesus is warning us about. As you're waiting for the Lord to come back, Don't be distracted by everything you do in life so that you ignore what God says about what's going to happen, that's going to happen. The people in Noah's day ignored the warnings that Noah gave them. Today, myself, others are teaching, warning, telling. And what are a lot of people doing? Not listening. Don't care. What are they doing? They're living their life as though their life is going to be like it is right now, forever. And if Jesus came back today, they would be surprised, they'd be caught off guard, because they went about their lives and they ignored the preaching and the word of God. So Jesus warns us, don't do that. Then he says this, then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding grain with a handmill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, be alert since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Now this is hard to understand. It's easy to understand what Jesus is saying in one sense. There's two men in a field. They're working. They're going about their daily life. Not expecting anything different to happen that day. And one of them's taken away. Something different did happen that day. Does that usually happen every day when you're working? Uh, the, your co worker just disappears and's gone? No, that, that's not normal. That doesn't happen every day. Two women are going about their daily tasks you know, grinding the meal, grinding the grain to make meal, to make their Uh, dinner for the evening, what they would do every single day. And they did it every day. They did it for months before this, but then one day everything was different. One was taken away, one was left. And Jesus says, therefore, be alert. Don't be taken by surprise. Don't be shocked. Be prepared. Be alert. Be watching, looking, because this is what's going to happen. Now, when you read this, many Christians do read this, it sounds a lot like we've already talked about, like the rapture. That uh, You can imagine the day of the rapture. This will happen. We'll be living. I mean, if it happens this morning, what are we doing? You're listening to a sermon. We were singing. We're doing everything we normally do on a Sunday morning. On most Sunday mornings, we don't disappear. Okay, But there's going to be, if it's Sunday morning, there'll be a day, which I would hope all of us in the sanctuary right now would be gone. Taken away. And those who weren't ready, weren't listening, weren't prepared, they will be left. But if you remember what I was telling you earlier, I believe this is not talking about the rapture. I believe this because Jesus, remember when I told you earlier, he doesn't talk about the rapture in Matthew 24 and 25. That wasn't revealed yet until Paul revealed it. And so I believe what he's talking about is the day that he comes back. And those who are taken away are taken away into judgment. In Noah's day, those who were, quote, taken away in the flood weren't going to heaven. They were taken away in judgment. Noah and his family were the ones who were left. They were the ones who enjoyed grace and the blessing of living and repopulating the earth. But there is debate And so really whether we debate if this is referring to the rapture or it's not referring to the rapture... ...really in the end doesn't really matter. Because the point's the same. Be alert and be ready. That's true when you're talking about the rapture. That's true if you're talking about Jesus' second coming at the end of the tribulation. This application, this lesson, this truth is the same. And that's what Jesus is teaching... So I don't want us to debate about whether this is the rapture or not. You could say, yes, it is. I can say, no, it's not. Maybe we're both wrong at some other time. I don't know. But like I said, the point isn't really whether this is or isn't. Jesus' point is to be ready and be alert. So don't be distracted by the pursuits of life so that you aren't watching. Then Jesus continues. He gives one more illustration. But know this. If the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready. Because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Have you noticed all the red that I've highlighted? How many times Jesus says, be alert, watch, be ready. I hope you're seeing the point. Jesus is repeating himself as I am for emphasis. Jesus now talks about, he talked about Noah, then he talked about uh, the men in the field, the women grinding. Now he gives a different illustration, but really kind of teaching the same thing. Being ready for a thief to come and break into your house. Now, of course, remember Jesus' day. They didn't have police forces, didn't have home security systems, okay, so if someone wanted to protect their home and their possessions, they themselves would have to take the responsibility and do something about it. So isn't it true? I mean, again, this is a no-brainer. If somehow you got tipped off that tonight there was a, a thief or a group of thieves that were going to come to your house and take all your stuff, would you just say, oh, well, you know... Uh, Okay, I mean, would you ignore it? Would you just go about your day as though nothing was going to happen? Would you just go to bed at night as though nothing was going to happen? No, you'd do something. you probably, nowadays, would probably call the police. Tell them you got this tip. Or if you had a home security system, you'd make sure it's working, okay? Maybe you'd even stay up. I mean, if you really wanted to be John Wayne about it, maybe you would stand stand with your gun. So now you're really ready, okay? So I, I don't know, you'd do something, wouldn't you? And because you did something, when the thief came, you would be ready. And the likelihood that that thief got any of your stuff would be very, very low. Because you were ready. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. Isn't it true that normally someone breaks into your house, you're caught off guard? They surprise you? That's that's how thieves work. That's what they want to do. They don't want you to be prepared when they come in. They want it to be a surprise. They want it to be you unprepared. That's why they often do it at night when you're asleep, or they do it when you're away. Fortunately, we've only had one break into our house, and that's when we lived in Ohio, and it was while we were on vacation. And it was weird, because the only thing they stole out of the whole house, I mean, we didn't have much in there anyway, except for the stuffed chimpanzees and everything. Our kids were young, but they stole, the only thing they stole were our uh, satellite boxes, so, okay, so they broke into the house, stole them. I guess they sold them uh, to people who didn't want to pay for cable television or satellite television. They didn't want to pay full price. No, they wanted to buy a box for 10 bucks, okay, or whatever they were sold for. So, anyway, uh, the thief broke in, took our TV boxes. You know, that wasn't a big deal to us. But it caught us off guard when we came home from vacation and found that we had been broken into. It was a shock. We weren't prepared for It took us by surprise. So again, are you noticing that I've repeated myself over and over this morning? Because Jesus repeated himself (laughs) over and over, giving three illustrations of the same thing. If you didn't hear it once, he told it a second time. If you didn't hear it the second time, he told you a third time. To be alert and to be ready. So, this is what I want us to think about this morning. As we do close our service do you know the signs if you've been here the last month you do okay so that's what we've been talking about so that's good that is what god wants us to do he wants us to know what the signs are he wants us to be looking for them i think there is a way i mean as i've shared with you before i believe specifically what jesus is talking about is going to happen after we're gone But on the other hand, there's nothing wrong with looking and seeing what's happening. I mean, that's what Jesus tells us to do. For example, Jesus talked about a temple. Well, there's no temple now in Jerusalem. So, you know, if all of a sudden a temple was built there, that would be a big sign, wouldn't it, that something's getting ready to happen. As we have had happen in our generation, there was no nation of Israel for hundreds of years. But then after World War II, there was. You know, Jesus did say that as we got closer to the tribulation, that things were going to get worse. Like I've shared with you before, since we don't know what the worst of the worst is, we don't know now on a scale if this is worse, getting close to the worst, or this is just a little bit of bad compared to what's going to be. So we don't really know that, but it is true that things will get worse. So as you see things get worse, as things happen, I know we, <clears throat> there is going to be a world, lo- world leader, we often call him the Antichrist, well obviously he's not going to be born the, the day the rapture happens, he's going to be an adult when that happens, so I don't think this is wise, but some people have tried to find people living today who may be that person. I don't think that's what Jesus necessarily wants us to do, but you know, if someone came to power and said, I am the Antichrist or something? I mean, that would be a sign, wouldn't it? I mean, something to look for. So I guess what I'm saying is even though these specific signs that Jesus gives, I believe, are to those living at that time when we're already in heaven, there's nothing wrong with looking at the world today and looking for them. So that's what I'm saying. Know what they are, look for them, and be prepared to not be caught... Off guard, be alert, and be ready. i share with you many times the way to be ready is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you know Him as your Savior, then you are ready. And we'll learn next week that while we're waiting, there's a certain way to live our life as we're waiting. It's not just get your ticket to heaven by being a believer in Christ. That's the first step. That's not the last step. But we'll learn that next week and how to be a faithful servant while we're waiting. So are you ready? If you're not, right now is the time to get ready. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. It is the time to be right with God, to know Jesus as your Savior, to be ready because the day may be the day. Lord Jesus, we are thankful this morning for your word, what it teaches us. We are thankful, Lord, that we don't have to be caught off guard, that we don't have to be... (laughs) Uh, shocked or surprised. Lord, you have given us so much information and given us comfort that, Lord, we can be ready and don't have to be afraid or worried. So I pray, Lord, that we would leave here this morning excited that you are coming back. And Lord, I pray again that we would be warning others as Noah did, as Jesus did, of what is to come. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would live our life in a way in which uh, it's obvious that you are our Father and that we are ready for your coming. So, Lord Jesus, right now, I pray that we would respond, that we would say yes to what you have spoken to us, Holy Spirit, this morning. And I pray, Jesus, in your name, amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing as we close our service. And I'll i will uh, be at the back to meet with you if you want to pray, if you want to uh, make anything right with God. Join the church. Tell me you want to be baptized. Whatever decision you're making this morning, I'll be there. Mary, lead us as we sing and as we close our service.